Welcome to Upgrade Your Faith. I'm Luke Gradless, and this is one of our bite-sized Bible studies. Our goal is to spend a few minutes together in God's Word, want to activate our minds, touch our hearts, and start to transform our souls. It is Easter week. It's one of my favorite weeks of the year, and we have paused going through the book of Acts, and we're just jumping around in that last week of Jesus' life before crucifixion, and just looking at different stories that reflect to us the beauty of his character and the reason why we want to make him our Lord, why we, we want to accept him as not just our Savior, but our everyday Lord. Because the things you see in his life, and especially the way they're highlighted in that final week, are the kind of things that make you realize, this is the man I want to follow. This is the man I want to give my life to. Uh, this is the man that I want to be my shepherd who leads the way. And so tonight we're going to look at, uh, or, or this morning, whenever you're watching it, we're going to look at John chapter 13, and in John chapter 13, we are given one of the uh, probably most shocking stories in the sense of when you really truly understand who Jesus is and you see this action, um, it, it just kind of, you can't believe it's happening, um, but it highlights who he is. It highlights his character. It highlights the love that he has for us and how that love is motivated by the ability to sacrifice for somebody. And so in John chapter 13, verse 1, it says, Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come, that he should depart from this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. And supper being ended, the devil having already put it into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son to betray him, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, and that he had come from God and was going to God, rose from supper, and laid aside his garments, took a towel, and girded himself. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel with which he was girded. Then he came to Simon Peter, and Peter said to him, Lord, are you washing my feet? Jesus answered and said to him, What am I doing? What, what I am doing you do not understand now, but you will know after this. Peter said to him, You shall never wash my feet. And Jesus answered him, if I do not wash you, you have no part with me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. And Jesus said to him, He who is bathed needs only to wash his feet, but is completely clean. And you are clean, but not all of you. For he knew who would betray him. Therefore he said, You are not all clean. So when he had washed their feet, taken his garments, and sat down again, he said to them, Do you know what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you say, Well, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. Most assuredly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is he who is sent greater than one who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. And so... This is a, a thing where, you know, you have to understand cultural context to fully get the magnitude of what's happening here. But in those days and times, right, people traveled. There wasn't paved roads in, in the sense that what we're used to. Um, you, would, you would have had a lot of dirt roads. You had people wearing, you know, not shoes like they do today. And um, your feet would get unbelievably dirty. And then... The way that they would eat was reclining so that you would kind of have someone's feet real close to your, your face. And um, normally, there was a servant 
one of the lower servants, whose job was to wash the feet of the guests and to make sure that they were clean so that when they ate, you didn't have these dirty, muddy feet in front of you. But it was a task that was saved for one of the lowest servants. And obviously at this party that's kind of thrown together last minute for the Passover, because if you study the book, right, they were, they were kind of throwing their Passover meal together in the last minute. Um, apparently there was no servant to do this. And Jesus, Jesus, the rabbi, the teacher, the, the master, the son of God, realizes that none of the disciples are willing to humble themselves in this way and would rather forego this, this, this uh, tradition, this, this behavior, cleaning the feet, than humble themselves to do it. And so the Son of God gets up and the Son of God starts wiping the dirt off the feet of his disciples. And Peter's shocked. Peter can't fathom this. Peter's like, you, you cannot wash my feet. I can't degrade you like this. This is, this is too demeaning to you. And Jesus says, if I don't wash you clean, then you have no part of me. And, and this is also unbelievably important for us to understand. One, it shows you the kind of leader he is. It shows you the kind of shepherd he is. And, and this is why when I talk to people, I think one of the hardest things people really deal with is this concept of you being a disciple or a servant, or if we look at the best definition of the word, being a slave of God. In our world, we don't ever dream of that anymore. We don't dream to be somebody's slave. We want to be our own masters. We want to be kings. We want to be royalty. We want to make our own legacy. We want to make our own game plan. We want to be rich. We want to be powerful, right? We want to control. Who who dreams of being a slave? Who dreams of being a servant? No one understands that. And part of the reason people struggle with this is because what we know is when man is your master, it never goes well. When man, who is imperfect and proud and egotistical and self-serving, when they are given the ability to be your master and treat you as slave, it almost always goes sideways. It almost always results in you being mistreated, abused, and used for their glorification. And so we tend to take our human experience and we transpose that upon Christ. But here's what people miss. That's not who he is. It's never been who he is. His whole kingdom, his whole message, everything he's ever done, from the moment that he showed up as a baby born in a manger surrounded by shepherds, the whole message that he's given us is he is not the same kind of king as everybody else. He doesn't come to take from us to elevate himself. He is as elevated as he can possibly be. In fact, he lowered himself to come to us. And when he comes to us, he doesn't come to take from us. He comes to give to us. He comes to give us forgiveness, to give us grace, to give us love, and ultimately to give us new life. And so what's strange about this story is the disciples fully don't understand what's about to happen. Because here's Peter, and Peter is, is grieved by this idea that Jesus is going to wipe dirt off his feet. Like that, how, how could I let you wipe the dirt off my feet? The reality is within hours, Jesus will be wiping the sin off his soul. 
And if you want to talk about what was a higher price, if you want to talk about what was more degrading, if you want to talk about what required more sacrifice and humility, it is not Jesus wiping the dirt off the feet of his disciples. It is Jesus, the perfect, holy Son of God, who had never sinned, never done anything wrong. It is he dying on a cross for our sins and then pouring out his holy blood upon us to wash us clean of our sins. And in fact, he takes that sin upon his shoulders and is on that cross for the first time in his life. He feels separation from his father as all the sin of the world bears upon him. And so I just when I read this story, I am just reminded of the humility, the love, the sacrificial nature, the, the unbelievable character of God. And it's when I read stories like this that I go, that's why he's my Lord. That's why I want to be his servant. That's why I don't want to be a king. I, I, I'll take the lowliest task in the universe if it's part of his kingdom compared to having the most glorifying role that this earth could ever offer. Because he is that perfect. He is that good. He is that awesome. He is that amazing. He is the king that comes and washes the disciples' feet. That, that's, that's who he is. And so I always think this is an important story for us to understand. Because one, it shows one, why would I be willing to follow him? Because he will sacrifice for me. The reason I will be his servant, his slave, is because he will always do more for me than I would ever do for myself. He will always put my interest in a better light than I would for myself. I don't even know what I need in comparison to him. And second, he is the one that comes not to take from me, but to give to me. And if I won't let him wash my feet, then I'm probably not going to realize that I need him to wash my soul clean of all the sin that I have. And so this is just one of those beautiful, beautiful stories that reflects the character and love of Jesus Christ. And it also reflects the fact that we have to be humble enough to go, yes, I do need you to wash my feet, Lord. I do need you to wash me clean because I'm dirty. What a wonderful, loving Lord we have. And how blessed we are to be able to call him Father, to be able to call him our shepherd, and to know that we can follow him every day of our lives. Thanks for spending a few minutes with us. I hope you are full of joy and love and, and just gratefulness this Easter week as you think about who your Lord and Savior is and what he's done for us. Stay safe, stay healthy, and we will see you soon. May God bless you.